When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Retire Sooner, we have a huge emphasis on core pursuits because it's the other side of retirement that you have to have in addition to money to be a happy retiree. We know it statistically, it's that simple. You got to have 3.6 core pursuits to be a happy retiree. The unhappy group we know has only 1.9. One top core pursuit, and it makes the top five, maybe the top seven for me, is golf. I, I re, On a scale of one to 10, I'm at an eight or a nine on golf. Maybe not quite where some of my good friends are that are golfers. There are 10 out of 10. It's the number one thing they would choose, but still ranks highly on my list. And it's a really important core pursuit for millions of retirees and millions of happy retirees, which is why we're going to talk about the economic battle that's happening right now between U.S. golf and a brand new golf show in the Middle East on this episode of Retire Sooner. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. If you haven't heard the buzz around what you're seeing on television, League, a brand new, I guess you could call it a league, it doesn't feel like a league, tour. It's called Live. L-I-V is in the Roman numerals, Live. We had 17 big time, I believe 19 big time golfers go from the PGA to what is a Saudi Arabia backed golf tour. And they are paying top, top, top dollar to get as many golfers, famous golfers, top golfers to come join that tour. And it's created absolute firestorm of controversy all over sports talk. And I look at it from a money perspective because this, this, this golfing tour is all about the money. So I call around and again, I, I would say, where do I fall on the continue? If you're a golfer, you, you're going to want, this is something you want to hear about. If I was thinking Lynn, my wife who doesn't like golf, she at least likes the business of sports. So even Lynn would be interested in this before you tune out and turn the dial because you can't stand golf. There's a lot more to this story than just golf. Remember, remember, this is a Saudi Arabian backed tour that is paying hundred plus million dollars, nine figures to top-ranked golfers in the United States to come join the tour. What's so crazy about this is the PGA is saying, if you go over there, you're not coming back here. You can't pay in a play at a PGA tournament. So imagine what you have to be leaving in the world of golf in order to go join this other tour. It's a very big deal. And these two, for the first time ever, you're seeing a real competitor to the PGA. And as I've read about this this week and I've thought about this and I've watched this, I still have a little bit, I have some mixed emotions about it. Does it, does it feel right to you 
as a golfer that a sport that is storied in tradition here in the United States and Europe, it's not, it's not in Saudi Arabia, the, the origins of golf are in Ireland, they're, they're in Europe. Does it bother you, and I'm going to ask you this question, does it bother you for Dustin Johnson and, let's see, who's, who's already joined? Phil Mickelson, D- DJ or Dustin Johnson, Ushausen, Patrick Reed, DeChambeau. These are some pretty big-time golfers. Not, not the number one, two, three golfers in the United States, but very big-time golfers taking nine-figure checks to go join a tour, which essentially will revoke... PJ saying, you're not coming back, you're not playing these. Now, there's a little confusion around this because some big golf tournaments you see on television, like the U.S. Open, as an example, are not PGA events. They're USGA events. And evidently, the USGA is still telling this group of golfers that have joined the, the Live Tour that they can still play. But the majority of these events, it seems like they're not. Augusta, as an example, they're not... That is its, its own separate event, so the, the jury is still out. Are they going to be able to play the Masters? I don't know, maybe. They're allowed to play the U.S. Open. They're allowed to play the British Open. But then there's going to be a lot of tournaments or PGA that are saying, uh-uh, you go to live, you go to play for the, the Saudi Arabian Tour, you're not coming to play for us. And I've thought about this, and my mixed emotion, I, I actually called around some of my good friends this week and, and golf uh, buddies that I would say enjoy golf at even a higher level than I do. So on a scale of one to 10, where is golf for me on my life passion? I would give it an eight. It's a pretty high ranking. It's not the most fun thing I would choose to do all the time if I had to pick just one. I actually don't know what that would be if I had to pick just one. If I could be healthy enough and not get hurt, it would be snowboarding. It would be skiing slash snowboarding. That would be the number one. But I just feel like if I did that too much, I'd end up hurt in a very short period of time. So it doesn't seem rational to be able to pick that one as my number one core pursuit only. Music would probably be number two, playing music number two. But golf is pretty high up there. It's a top five. For some of my best friends that I play golf with, I would say it ranks even higher for them. I've gone so far as to play some golf in Europe. I've been to the United Kingdom and played some of the Royal courses, Royal Liverpool, Royal Birkdale, I played at Formby, which you got to really got to be pretty into golf to be able to do that trip and play over there. So I love it. And it's a top ranked sport and activity for the happy retiree. Golf is a, is a perfect core pursuit. You don't just golf once in a while. That means you're not a golfer. If you're a golfer, you want to play all the time. And I would, I would like to play a lot of the time, not all the time. At least that's where I stand on this. And it's a, it's a wonderful, happy retiree core pursuit it's a wonderfully athletic sport i would go argue to say that it's even more what i learned about golf playing overseas is they they don't have golf carts like they do here now that you can find them but here in america it's you sit now maybe it's because it's so hot in the united states but you sit in a cart there's usually a bunch of beer in that cart on ice and it's not necessarily the healthiest pastime in europe they don't do it that way you're walking you're walking there's not coolers of beer over there. Now you might, there might be something at the turn or the ninth hole or that sometimes 10th, 11th hole, there might be a beer there, but it's not, it's a little bit different. It's, it's, it's even more walking, a lot more walking over in Europe relative to the United States. And I don't know why I brought that up, but it, it's, there's, there's some, there's some nuances here, but it's a happy retiree sport. It's a happy retiree pastime. 
And I called around to friends of mine that are, let's say, even golf ranks even higher on their list of on a scale of one to ten. I've got some nine, some ten. One of my best golf friends is it's an eleven, easily a number eleven out of ten on his scale. To see what everybody's thinking about this live, this new live tour. It's like, well, if DeChambeau just left to join and Patrick Reed just left to join and Dustin Johnson, who top 10 player in the world left to join. I, I, but do we like it? Are you, are we okay with it? Because I have kind of mixed emotions and my gut tells me I don't love it. I don't love it. That's what my gut tells me because I think of golf as a, I think of Bobby Jones of Atlanta. I think of the tradition, the black and white photos of golf here in the United States. I think of the European tour and golf starting over in Ireland or Scotland or wherever it is proposed to have started. By the way, a caddy in the United Kingdom told me, and I had not, never heard this before until this past year, that golf originally was 18 holes because it took a bottle of whiskey and 18 drinks from the bottle of whiskey to finish the day of golf. And that's how they ended up with 18 holes. I don't know if that's true or not. I'd never heard that. I like that story though. But here's the kind of money that is getting thrown around. Tiger Woods in his entire career. Now, we're not talking about endorsements. In our, I'm not talking about endorsements. And I know that's through the roof for him. But his career golf winnings, winning as golfer in, in the world, $121 million. Phil Mickelson, I want to say, is number two. DJ or, or Dustin Johnson is number three. It called, if I can recall, $74 million. Yet, yet, that's what it is. It's Tiger Woods at 121 million. These are this is career earnings, winning, tor placing in tournaments. Mickelson 90, almost 95 million. Dustin Johnson 90 or 74 million. And it's reported that these guys are going to make 100 to 150 million dollars guaranteed money to go join the tour. They haven't even, they haven't even won anything yet. So on, on one hand, I don't love the thought of it. It kind of is like, wait a minute, guys. Wait, wait, this, is, this, is a, this is an American sport. This is a European sport. But then I think, wait a minute. They're going to double Dustin Johnson's lifetime earnings in golf just to come play? I could not find the number of years for these contracts. I, I, I just couldn't find it anywhere. Who knows what the contracts are? They're probably not decade-long contracts. They're probably a year, two, three years to guarantee an immense amount of money. So on one hand, I don't, I don't love it, but I get it. And the economics of what they're throwing around, particularly with oil at $120 a barrel, the same pain we're feeling here. Now we're paying for oil through the roof. Now granted, we're not getting, we are technically energy independent in the United States. And we could get all of our oil here from the United States if we could refine the kind of oil we bring out of the ground here. But again, Texas, a lot of our oil is coming out of Texas, the Permian Basin, West Texas. But we're suffering at the pump. Oil's through the roof. And now the, this very wealthy nation in the Middle East, their wealth built, their sovereign wealth on built on oil and energy. They're taking the PGA, the PGA golfers away from us down too. But again, I get it for the kind of money that they're throwing around. 
Hey y'all, it's Mallory Boggs, the producer for the Retire Sooner podcast. From an investment standpoint, the world is changing. We've gone from no inflation to hyperinflation, zero interest rates to much higher interest rates. All of this changes the dynamics for stocks and bonds. So the question for you, are your retirement accounts ready for it? Have you adapted your investments for these major shifts? Do you know what kind of income your 401k account is going to pay you in retirement? If not, maybe it's time for a new perspective. The Retire Sooner team is here to help. If you're ready to talk, reach out to our team and we'll help you take a closer look at how you can generate income in retirement and protect yourself from inflation. We'd love to hear from you. Again, find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does inflation that you're seeing at the pump have anything to do with the sport of golf? My, Lynn would still say that golf is not a sport. I still contend, of course, golf is a sport. You, it is, can you, you can't hit a ball 350 yards without some athleticism, and that's what the best players in the world do. Well, what does inflation have to do with golf? We continue to hit all-time highs with gas prices. We saw oil hit over $120 a barrel this week, and now Saudi Arabia is taking PGA players and luring them to a brand new tour away from the PGA for the most insane amount of money we've seen in sports in a very long time. Nine-figure checks. Dustin Johnson leaving the PGA to go to Live, the Live Golf Tour. Live is a Roman numeral, L-I-V. It stands for 54. 54, you'd have to get a birdie on every hole, and that would be a 54. That's where we stand here. We're talking about some of the world's best golfers, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Oosthuizen, Patrick Reed, DeChambeau. Now, these are not the top three golfers in the world, but these are still top 50 golfers in a lot of cases in the world. And they're getting lured away. And they're getting lured away. They offered Tiger Woods a nine-figure check to come join the Live Tour. He's made $121 million in career earnings from golf. Phil Mickelson has made something like, let me go to my statistics bank. Phil Mickelson has made $95 million. Dustin Johnson has made $75 million. These are the top three golfers in the history of the world in their earnings. Tiger at number one, Phil Mickelson at number two, Dustin Johnson at number three. It's $74.2 million. Well, the Live Tour just offered him over $100 million guaranteed to come join. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around whether I am okay with this or not. And my gut tells me I'll, I don't love it. I don't like that this U.S. sport, that very storied in tradition here in the United States and started in Europe and Ireland and Scotland, is now essentially being bought and paid for just because the Saudis are so rich and gas prices are so high that it's something they just want to do. But at the same time, when you look at the numbers, can you blame some of these players for making the move? And this goes back to 
the fascinating economics of the sport of golf relative to other professional sports. So I'm trying to make a decision on if I'm okay with this or not. And for me, I've got to do an apples to apples comparison between earning a living in professional golf and earning a living in the other three big professional sports in the U.S., NFL, MLB, and NBA. And what does it take as a professional golfer in any given year from a ranking perspective to compare to just getting to a league minimum in one of the other big sports? And the results here, I think, really point to why this competition is happening. Because there's no other sport that is more narrow, narrow, narrow at the top than professional golf. It's a small miracle for anybody to make any professional sport. Tiny sliver of the population ever makes it to the NFL, ever makes it to professional baseball, and ever makes it to the NBA. These are some of the biggest businesses in the world and so, so difficult to ever make. There are almost 1,700 players active on NFL rosters. There's almost 1,100 professional baseball players, MLB, and there's 390 NBA players. What are the league minimums for each one of those? NFL, league minimum, $660,000. MLB, league minimum, $700,000. Minimum. NBA, there's only 390 NBA players, but the league minimum is just over a million dollars. Now, let's compare that to what you would have to rank in the world of golf to make just the league minimum in one of these other sports. Well, in order to make the NFL league minimum as a pro golfer, you'd have to be about number 150 in the world. I went and looked at 2021 last year. Looks like Vaughn Taylor made right at $650,000. He was the number 150th golfer in the world. But here's the difference. There's 1,700 NFL players that are making that or more. That means there's 11 times or 11x the number of football players. Almost impossible to ever make a professional living playing football. But there's still 11 times the number of football players making 650 plus relative to golf. So think about how narrow it is to make big money playing football. Still, 11 times the number of football players making the kind of money it would take as a pro golfer. And that's how I'm looking at this, apples to apples. How about MLB? Looks like in 2021, you'd have to be close to 144 in the world. Bo Van Pelt made right around 750 grand. That's right around the league minimum for Major League Baseball players. Again, got to be top 140 on the planet if there's 1,100 baseball players making that at the bare minimum, meaning that there's eight times the number of baseball players making similar amount of money relative to where you have to rank as a golfer in the world. Again, golf is so narrow, even relative to the NBA, where league minimum is a million bucks. you got to be, as a golfer, top 125 in the world to get to a million dollars a year. Top 125 relative to... Just shy of 400 players in the NBA. Even the NBA is four times the amount of folks making similar money relative to pro golfers. And I think that's the problem with golf. And that's why now they're facing fresh competition is that golfers can be world-class. 
You could be world class in the sport of golf. Top number, let's call it number 200 in the world. And what did the number 200 golfer in 2021 make? 175 grand. There are 1,700 NFL players making a minimum of 660 grand. The number 240 golfer on the planet. Last year, that was Derek Ernst. Made 16 grand in winnings on the PGA Tour. Narrow, narrow at the top. As narrow as it is to make a living in these other professional sports, it's four, five, ten times as hard to do it in golf. And that's why the PGA is ripe for competition. That's why the Saudis are pulling out their checkbook and they're saying, look, we know that it's difficult to make a living unless you're one of the most elite of the elite. So you can come over here and play for the Live Tour and get guaranteed money. As long as you play in a tournament, you're going to make a ton of money. Whereas a pro golfer can miss the cut and make nothing. And still have to travel, still have to spend the night, still go out of pocket for all these tournaments. And except for a few dozen in this group, really struggle to make a living. And I think that's what the Live Tour is trying to capitalize on. And I think my opinion, jury's still out. We'll see what happens with Live relative to PGA. We'll see how much this upsets the apple cart. But you know what? A little bit of competition is not necessarily a bad thing. Could make the whole sport of golf that much better. And that I do like. Okay, we're going to talk about something besides golf. I can already see the emails coming in. Wes, why did you spend so much time talking about golf? A, because it, it is a very interesting current topic that involves money. And B, it's something that has bothered me for a long time. I've always talked about how just finite the world of golf is. And maybe it means it's ripe for a little bit of competition. can already see it. Plus, I love, I love golf. It's, it's the sport of a happy retiree. And I'm okay to talk about it. So now I'll get back to markets and we'll talk about, let's talk about the Amazon split because it's been a long time. If you look at a chart of how many stock splits, there used to be lots of stock splits in the 80s and 90s and they almost dried up completely. When was the last time you heard about a stock split, particularly about a well-known company? Well, we had one this week. Amazon did a 20 for one stock split and there are some interesting economics and market research behind stock splits. What exactly is a stock split? because we might forget because there hasn't been a whole lot of them lately. Pretty simply, the company's board of directors says, our nominal stock price, 300, 400, 500, $2,000 per share is too much for any one individual to buy a share. So they essentially just do some math. They increase the number of shares total and they cut the price. But they're changing nothing when they do that. Doesn't change the overall market capitalization of a company. So the overall value of the company and the value of each individual shareholder, their stake remains the same. And let me give you an example. Let's do some simple math now. Amazon did this 20 for one, but let's just do this XYZ company. It's trading at $200 a share and you own a hundred shares. Your total investment in XYZ company is a hundred times $200. It's 20 grand, hundred shares, $20,000. Now let's say XYZ company does a four for one stock split. You go from having hundred shares to 400 shares. But what happens to the price? Well, the price gets divided by four. It goes from 200 down to 50 bucks. 
So now you have 400 shares of XYZ company valued at 50 bucks per share. So your pre-split investment of XYZ company is $20,000. Now 50 bucks a share, 400 shares, it's still $20,000. The market cap of the company, the size of the company, your stake stays the same after the split. Now, even though a stock split doesn't change the fundamental value of the company at all, on average, companies that have done stock splits have outperformed the S&P 500. On average, the first day, the first month, the first three months, and after the effective date. So if you go back over the past dozen years or so, go back since 2010, 20 days after a stock split, the median performance of post-stock split stocks averages 1.9%. The market median performance is one2 65 days later, market on average up 3.3%. Stocks that have gone through a split up 4.3%. 125 days later, median performance of post-stock split companies up 7.4%. Well, the median S&P stock up 7.1%. Now, longer term, once you get to about 250 days, they start to even out. But there might be something just about the psychology behind a stock split. And maybe it's the accessibility. Hey, I can now go buy more shares as opposed to one giant expensive share. Seems like that does something for market psychology. As much as we know markets are about the fundamentals, there's a giant layer of psychology that overlays everything. That's what makes investing so difficult and interesting at the same time. If you are, are trying to think of new core pursuits, and golf is maybe one of the ultimate core pursuits for the happy retiree, try our core pursuit finder. You can find it at westmoss.com. Go through a quick quiz of pictures, and it may help you find a dozen or two dozen brand new core pursuits that happy retirees love that you hadn't even thought about. Again, core pursuit finder at westmoss.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Hey, y'all. This is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This is provided as a resource for informational purposes and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. The mention of any company is provided to you for informational purposes and as an example only and is not to be considered investment advice or recommendation or an endorsement of any particular company. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk including possible loss of principal. There is no guarantee offered that investment return, yield, or performance will be achieved. The information provided is strictly an opinion and for informational purposes only, and it is not known whether the strategies will be successful. There are many aspects and criteria that must be examined and considered before investing. This information is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment, tax, estate, or financial planning considerations or decisions. Investment decisions should not be made solely based on information contained herein.